tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. And today I'm so excited. We're speaking with Chris Roy, great friend, and I'm just so thrilled to have him here to be part of the show. Chris is a technology guy in his day job and used his experience to create Dubert.com, which is an online software platform custom built for animal rescuers. It's like a combination of Match.com specifically for animal shelters and rescues to find new partners and then a volunteer Uber for getting the animals where they need to go. Chris enjoys helping provide technology solutions to some of the biggest challenges in animal rescue and is always looking for new ways to help animals and the people that care for them. Chris is supported by his amazing wife, Daphne, and together they have five fur kids, four cats, and one dog. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Stacey. Good to be back. Yeah, it's so great to see you. And I love that cat to dog ratio. It's perfect. <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, uh, for the folks that haven't heard our one of our past episodes, it's been, we were trying to think, it was maybe almost a couple of years now since we yeah. last uh, chatted. You know, why are you so passionate about cats? So probably the number one question people always ask me is, where did the name Dubert come from? And Dubert actually was my cat. And that's really where my passion for cats started. So I, you know, like a lot of people, once I graduated from college and got on my own, want some pets. But having a dog is hard when you're working all day. So got one cat and then got second cat. And uh, Dubert was just an old soul. He was, um, he was a farm cat and just a snuggler, right? And he became the inspiration when I was pulling together the ideas for the software and what to do. Naming it is always one of those things. And you spend all these hours and finally it was just like, you know, why not name it Dubert in memory of him? So if you go to the site and under the about, you can actually see Dubert the cat. He's no longer with us. Um, he was an orange and white tabby, but you can read a little bit about his story. That's great. So when I first met you, I understood Dubert to be pretty much of a, a site where you know, somebody wanted to transport dogs from the south to the north, and they needed to do sort of this traveling train of volunteers. So like, I'll meet you at the Walmart parking lot, and then I'll meet you at Target and meet you at Shaw's or whatever. You were the way of like patching that whole transport path together. And it was really originally, I think, focused with with dogs, and not only cars, but also planes, right? right. Yep. Yeah, that's how I got into it. It was funny, when I originally started the idea of Dubert, it was to organize my own flights. So I'm a pilot, you know, on the weekends, one of my other passions. And it got to the point I was doing so many rescues, I couldn't remember which animal, which day, which airport. And I'm like, I just need to build a system for this. And people said, oh, this is really cool. Could you make it available to the drivers? I'm like, why? I don't understand. Like, what do the drivers need to do? And it was part of my diving in to really understand the problems of animal welfare. And so to your point, we started with the rescue relay transport. And I'm still proud to say seven years later, it's the only system that actually supports these. So it'll break it into the legs for you, automatically notify the, we have now over 32,000 duberteers across the country. So it does all that for you. And now there's all sorts of other functionalities, such as we've got local rides, and now we've got a high volume transport module. And as you said, it works for drivers and pilots and 
Last year with COVID, we rolled out a fostering module. And so it's it's been my passion to really try and, you know me, Stacey, I don't go after the easy things. I take the hardest problems. I'm like, no, we're going to fix this because nobody else is focused on those things. Right. So when you're saying you you add these modules, and I think there's also a volunteering component in there too. And, and at one point in time, you had a photography one too, right? Where mm-hmm. if people were interested in volunteering their services and taking pictures and, and that kind of stuff. So how do all these pieces all work together in in one unit? We all sign in just to one section and then it funnels out from there. Is that how it goes? Yeah, so it's um, it's complicated, right? <laughs> the, the technology <laughs> architecture is complicated and simple at the same time, right? So when you go to Juber, there's a big sign up button and you click sign up and it'll say just you or your organization. So if it's just you, it'll facilitate you through creating whichever profiles you want. So as you mentioned, you could be a transporter. And then there's different types of transporters. You could be a foster home and you can choose the types of animals that you can foster. You could be a photographer, an in-person volunteer, a virtual volunteer. There's all these different profiles that you as a volunteer can choose to fill out. And then as an organization, we do run them through a checking process to make sure they're a legitimate organization. But then, you know, think about like um, in any Google being a good example, right? You've got all your little Google apps and different modules within there. Same in Duber. There's just different buttons that you're clicking on to go to the transport section or go to the fostering section or, you know, anything else like that. So it's pretty easy to move from kind of area to area. And the great thing is it's all it's all integrated, right? So you don't have to go out over to this system for this and over to that system for that. Once you log into Duber, you have access to all of the stuff in one place. Wow, that's great. That's fantastic. I just want to reiterate this. You don't have to be part of an organization to be part of Dubert, right? You can be right, an individual. Right. Could you be a person who rescued a litter of kittens and needs to connect in some way? Is is that a role? So probably not that exact specific role. So we only so you could be a volunteer or part of an organization. Um, and the reason we do that is we didn't want just anybody to be able to post transports or post requests. It gets noisy with too many things like that. So you do have to be an organization in order to post, say, a request, whether it's creating a transport or a fostering request or any of those other types of things. If you are an individual, though, that's not affiliated, is there a way to be able to connect in with a, with the organization absolutely. that's local to you? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a nice map where you can find organizations and you can drill down. You can either click down or you can drill down by you know, state and city and all those other things so that you can find an organization that you can work for. And then those organizations as well can find you, right, as a, as a volunteer. So we've tried to, I try to make it a two-sided platform because there's so many organizations that, yeah, they might have some volunteers, but they can always use more. Or if they're doing a transport and they're based out of Wisconsin, but they don't have volunteers in Illinois or Iowa or somewhere else. So every volunteer is essentially made available to every organization in the Dubert system. Right. So it it is December, it's a holiday time here. And in the month of December, we're going to be focusing on animal welfare podcasters, which you are one of them along with me. And there'll be several others profiled this month. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah. So podcasting, as you know, I mean, I learned from you, Stacey, you were my inspiration to get into this and um, did a number of different podcasts over the years. And about a year ago, so it's hard to believe it's been going for a year, we launched the Animal Innovation Show. And The idea was to take a different tact instead of just saying, let's focus on the rescue or the shelter and the programs they're doing, but 
expand it to say, what does innovation mean? What does it mean for animals and how can people be helping them? So I always say we focus on the people, the products, the services, or even just the ideas that are helping people to help animals. And we took a, a different approach instead of just a podcast. Um, we decided to record it as video and really try and take advantage of live streaming video and, you know, videos on like Instagram, IGTV, and we still do a podcast, right? So you can still get it on the podcast, but we tried to step it up a little bit to make it a little bit more interactive. And it's really been fascinating the way that people interpret innovative, right? So, I mean, my question, just like you have your question to start your show, I always ask them to tell us who they are and how they're innovating and helping animals. And the way that people answer that question and the directions they take it is just really fascinating to see. And I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to inspire the next generation of idea people to say, you know, I've always had this idea for this, you know, come on the show, right? That's what I say, come on the show, let's talk about it because there's probably somebody that's listening or watching that goes, you know what, I can make that, I can make that a reality. And I will say that there are definitely, there are some organizations and businesses out there that aren't necessarily a nonprofit organization that are innovating and helping in the animal welfare space. Um, I know uh, Amy St. Arnaud has mm -hmm. talked about developing a spay-neuter clinic model that's not necessarily a nonprofit model, but yet it is able to assist folks in the community. And that's, so that's one example of one of the things that I know that I'm very excited to see how it develops and takes shape over time. Are there other types of innovations that you've seen that you've interviewed that are kind of keen and interesting? Yeah, I think Waggle is another great example, a different different kind of fundraising platform and, and that they're directly paying the vets, right? So they're trying to solve that challenge. As we know, vet care for care, you know, our animals is really expensive and they're trying to provide that resource. And I love the way you say to that because I always approach it the same way. It doesn't have to be nonprofit. It's just, is it innovative? Is it helping people that are caring for the animals? And that's what we're trying to do is to raise awareness to those types of things so that somebody goes, a, I didn't know that it existed, or B, I've always had this idea that, you know, this is how we could help community cats. Um, you know, how can we make that ideal idea into reality? Right, right. And there are so many of us that, you know, feel like we have to do everything for free. Right. And yet, you know, there really are opportunities out there that can help a larger group of cats in our community if you are doing something in a bit with a business model. So you shouldn't just take it off the table and say, oh, no one's ever going to want to pay me for this. Because right. people in Texas, there are some trappers in Texas that are paid to trap community cats to bring them to the spay neuter clinic. And they're trapping hundreds to thousands of them. And that's their full-time job and they're making a living out of it. So you can, and they're doing a good thing for the cats. They're getting them right. into the clinic, they're getting them spayed and neutered. And so there are ways to be able to help community cats, you know, in a way where you may think you're getting, you're taking advantage, but you're not. It's just this whole mentality, this nonprofit mentality of meaning no money. And it doesn't mean no money. It, it just means right. that you know, we don't have to pay taxes on our profits, basically, is yeah. what it's saying. So it's, yeah, it's and just I'm so glad you bring that up, because that's a passion of mine as well, Stacy. that people think nonprofit means you don't have any money in the bank at the end of the year. And that's couldn't be further from the truth. There's nonprofit. I mean, take Goodwill Industries as a great example. They bring in hundreds of millions of dollars across all of their different stores, but they've created such a great model that they're making, you know, resale a thrift store. 
and they use that to further their mission. And they are a nonprofit, meaning there's no individual that's pulling money out and benefiting. But of course, they have employees and they're doing marketing and all these other types of promotions. And I think we in animal welfare need to think about that the same way is to say, listen, just the example you gave, they're trapping, they're having these animals spayed and neutered, which is exactly what we want. So what? So they're making a living on it. That's that's great. They're providing a valuable service. And at the end of the day, what's there's really not an issue with that. So I always encourage people to think about what is your long-term model, right? The more you know sustainable revenue that you have coming in, the more you're going to be able to expand your programs. So instead of just waiting for the annual donations, right? And you're hitting everybody up at Christmas and saying, give us money, give us money. You know, what's your model? Is there a service? Is there a value-added something that you can provide? Even as a nonprofit, one of the crazy things people don't always realize, a nonprofit can own a for-profit. Just doesn't work the other way around, right? So if you've got a model that works and you're selling services, selling goods, whatever, that's ultimately going to bring money back to your mission, which is what you're trying to do. And at the end of the day, it's totally fine with the IRS. They just want to know where the money's coming from and where is it going to. Right, right. And if you do have like a thrift store or uh, some sort of a shop or whatever, and, and it is deemed to be a taxable entity, you just have to pay taxes on that part of it. And then the profits right. get rolled over into the nonprofit. So you do have to do it like a second set of books. So it does yeah. get, it, it gets complicated, but but there are definitely thrift, thrift stores out there that are making really a significant amount of money. During yeah, the and then day. it helps to further their mission, right? I mean, that's what we're in this for. We're yeah. trying to do more for the animals. When I developed the concept for Dugard, I mean, I was, as I said, I was flying animals around and I probably have transported thousands of them on my own. But we've now done more than 12,000 animal transports in the Dugard system. So by focusing on technology, it scales better. We can do much more. And same concept with that. If you have more money and you can scale your program or hire people or, you know, market the program, you're actually going to be doing way more good than if you're just kind of limping along or scrimping up the money that you can save. So really step back and think about strategically, how do we how do we scale these things? Uh, you can make 10 times the difference than what you started out with. Right, right. And that's really important. I mean, we're dealing with veterinary shortages, vet tech shortages. So we need to utilize our human resources really, really carefully because there's a shortage for in a lot. And, and you know, I hear about executive director shortages or, mm-hmm. you know, an organizational hiring people for, you know, cat care positions is really tough too. So there's just, it, we have to just be really good we're, that we're using our staff efficiently and effectively. You're talking about technology, and I want to touch upon you. You had refreshed or redesigned your, your mobile app? Yeah, rebuilt the mobile app from the ground up. So it was just it was about six and a half years old. And as you know, technology kind of changes. Um, whereas originally we had a separate mobile app for the iPhone and for Android. Now we did a combined app. They call it a hybrid app. Um, so it's one set of code instead of two, a little bit easier to maintain. And now we really stepped back and tried to say, how do we how do we make this better? How do we build it from the ground up? Like different components of Dubert, it kind of was added on to over the years. And as we're all in a mobile world, right? Everybody goes and looks for the app first. So we really wanted to focus on how do we make this so easy so that within your pocket, you can just, you know, you can do animal rescue things. You can schedule transports. You can text with fosters right through the Dubert system. So we really wanted to make it so that organizations had the power of Dubert in their hand. 
And so I'm really excited. I mean, we spent a good six months and designing and rebuilding and really challenging ourselves to say, what's the best use of this so that it can have the biggest, you know, the biggest impact. So volunteers, of course, can come out and they can sign up on there. They can um, create their different profiles. They can be notified of transports. Um, we've got we've got our rescue tube functionality, which I think is really cool. It's all about video. And so getting video off of people's phones is the hardest thing to do because after it gets to like a minute or so, they can't text it to you anymore. It's too big. So if you're an organization and you're trying to get volunteers to take video of the animals, particularly cats, you know, an adoption video is going to go so much further when you're sharing it than just a photo of a cat. It looks like every other cat, but when you see them and they're playful and they're rolling on their back or they're, you know, acting goofy, you give a potential adopter a, a view into who they are. And so what we did is we made it so that organizations can create a bucket number is really what it is. And then they give that number to anybody and type it in the Dubert app, start recording video, and you can upload videos of pretty much of any length. And it goes right back to the organization. So really important component that we wanted to build into the Dubert app to make it really easy to get people focus on the videos because they can really help. Could your animal welfare organization use a tune-up? Humane Network can help. You can get a free 30-minute consultation to talk through your challenges and get ideas on how your organization can be more successful with less stress. From board development and fundraising to strategic planning and operations, Humane Network has got you covered. Whether you're a large or small, nonprofit or government, it's a live and thriving program led by a certified animal behavior consultant features specially designed training for shelter and clinic staff on enrichment, stress reduction, safe animal handling, and behavior modification. With Humane Network, you receive individualized advice and support customized to meet your organization's unique needs. And Humane Network can lighten your load by taking on fundraising, communications, and other tasks you struggle with. Contact Humane Network today for a free 30-minute consultation. Visit humanenetwork.org. That's humanenetwork.org. Of course, you know that Dubert is the only software that helps you do transport, foster management, and fundraising all in one place. But did you know that Dubert has powerful e-commerce capabilities to let you sell your organization's products? Forget paying for Shopify or trying to list your items on Facebook. With your Dubert account, you can list your organization's products and even do auctions right from their rescue store module. Dubert manages your orders and all of the money goes directly into your PayPal, making it super easy to manage. Check out the Dubert Rescue Store functionality today at www.dubert.com, where they make animal rescue simple. You also had talked about a community case management system. What is that? Yeah, so this is really exciting. So working very closely, the, the idea came from Dallas Pets Alive and Spay Neuter Network uh, in Dallas area. And they approached us about 18 months ago and said, hey, would we be willing to work with them and collaborate on something that would not only help them, they were really uh, focused on wanting to help other organizations across the country. And when you think about it, one of the problems they deal with is the number of phone calls that come in for wanting to surrender their animal or, you know, they found a cat, all those other things. How do you, how do you keep track of those things? Mm -hmm. How do you bring the information on the animal? How do you communicate with the client as they call them? And more importantly, how do you find them solutions? So whether it be other groups that'll take them with in the area or other groups out of state, so they wanted one place to bring all this together. And so we spent um, quite a bit of time working through all of the 
use cases with them. And I'm super excited. We just, we just launched this a couple months ago. And the idea of the community case management is it can be used for lots of things, but we've got a couple of key components in it. So imagine creating a case and now you can send and receive text messages with the client right through the case. And all of that information is stored. Every email that gets fired off by the system is stored. If the person responds, it's all in one place. So now you can designate within your organization, whether you're you know, an intake organization, such as a, a shelter, or the example we always were using in our design process was fences for phytos, right? Like something totally different than an animal shelter. You can use this module because it's so flexible. So any inquiries that come in, you can open up a case. You've got all the information on the person. You can easily communicate through the interface, like I said, text message, email, and then something that I'm really super excited about is we developed some automated workflows. So, you know, you can actually now send a follow-up, you click a button and the system will now send a text message and wait two days. And if that doesn't get a response, then it'll send an email. And if it doesn't get a response, it can notify you back and then close the case. And we really wanted to develop these to make it easier, you know, reduce the workload. I, I think you've heard me say before, Stacey, use technology for what it's good for. And these mind-numbing, you know, follow-ups and things like that, technology can take that off your plate so that you've got more time to focus on the decision-making things that require a little bit more insights. So the system, you can transfer it to the rescue board, right? You just hit transfer and it posts to all of those organizations. There's so many things that we tried to do to really make a powerful module that started with the brains of DPA and SNN, and, and now we're really excited to be able to offer it to everybody across the country. Wow, that's fantastic. I, I think that would be very helpful for a lot of organizations. I see a lot of repetition of the same things over and over again and hearing about, oh, we're on the phone all the time and we have to, you know, the call, the calls are coming and the emails are coming and there's just a lot that could be automated, I think. And we repeat ourselves ad nauseum. I mean, the amount of questions that we have the same answers to all the time, yep. you know, we shouldn't have to do that. What we did with that, just as a great example, Stacey, is we built in macros. So you can create macros or, or email templates either way. Macros, you just kind of drag and drop and boom, it just pops your text in. So just like you would do in your Gmail or other things, we've got that built in there. You can send an email template, right? So if somebody was calling or inquiring about Community Cat, then you can just select that template, which you've predefined. It's got your organization logo, all your information, you don't have to, to your point, go cut and paste and retype it. You just go click, click, send. And it's all of that is stored in that one particular case number. So you know what you sent to them, what date, did they reply? Did they, you know, what questions did they ask? Who responded to the case? And it's all within the same thing that you're already logging into, right? So it's all a part of Duber. You go to the transport tab, you go to the CCM tab for community case management one place for everything. So you can do transports, fostering, videos, and community case management now in one place. Wow, that's just awesome. That just sounds fantastic. We were talking a little bit earlier before we hit the record button about the fact that sort of during COVID, you've noticed a substantial change in the number of cats that are being transported, I would assume up north, but I didn't clarify sure. that. All right, how are you seeing cats moving around the country? Yeah, it's really exciting to see more and more organizations looking to take cats and more and more organizations sending cats. And that's what's really cool. I'm starting to see more of a trend of cat-specific transports, right? I was just talking with a group out of California, uh, Start Rescue, the other day, and they're doing once-a-month cat-only transports going up to the Northwest. 
we're starting to see more transports going through the system that are volunteer-based, right? So those rescue relays, but the passengers are cats. So it's really super cool to see that people are now realizing that, you know, the animal population is, it's very centric in certain areas. And all you got to do is think outside the box a little bit. We can move them to areas where they're going to be more likely to be adopted. So people have always used, I would say in the last couple of years, they've used transport for the local rides in Dubert. So picking up an animal, taking them to the vet or picking up spay and neuter animals and taking them in or out, right, from TNR. But now to see them actually transporting across state lines and in different regions of the country is just, it's really super cool to see. So I'm excited to see that this is a trend and it's just going to continue to grow. Yeah, I certainly hope so. You know, based on the things that you've seen and the organizations that you've talked to, you know, what are your thoughts and ideas about trends for cats over the next, I don't know, three to five years or so? Yeah, I think they're all recognizing that not everybody has the exact same problem, right? So certainly we know that there's lots of community cats across the country in targeted areas like where where you are, Vermont, Massachusetts, those other ones, they've been very specific about eliminating some of the overpopulation through targeted spay and neuter. And I think that trend is catching on and then recognizing that sometimes though, before you can even do that, you also need to kind of lower the population in the shelter. So if you you use those two in tandem, you lower the ones in the shelter, get them out, transfer them to another area. Now you start doing targeted spay and neuter in your area. So there's less of them coming in. Um, The people I talk to all are excited to see that this is happening with cats instead of it just being dogs, right? So who knows where is it going to go? I, I think there's the, the idea of trap-neuter uh, return is very, uh, it's becoming more acceptable. It's talked about, it used to be, as you know, very kind of back, you know, behind the building type of thing. And now it's, it's more out in the open and it's more of something that people understand this is a, a targeted way to take care of the animals, right? So I'm excited to see that they're recognizing this, they're seeing the need to transfer the animals, and then they're working together to say, how do we, how do we focus on an area together instead of, you know, everybody just kind of haphazardly trapping whatever colonies they can find. That's great. Before we close out, I want to just have you mention again your podcast, because we are profiling podcasters. So share with folks about your podcast, where they can download it, where they can see it. Sure. It's called the Animal Innovation Show, and they can pretty much see it anywhere. So it is on um, all of the podcasting platforms, so you can find it on Spotify and iTunes and all that. We do twice a week episodes. They are live streamed to YouTube and to Facebook. And then we have videos, you know, edited versions that post to all all of the platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn even. So we've gotten some great followers from LinkedIn. So it's it's really exciting. It airs, um, it starts airing, I should say, every Tuesday and Thursday night. And then throughout the week, there's different, you know, the videos are going up in different places. So just search for the Animal Innovation Show. If you know somebody, I always ask people, if you know somebody I should talk to or an innovative idea, they can just go to innovations.show. And we've got a nice little submission form. They can fill out, tell us who that person is and We'll reach out and get them on the show and profile them. So it's really exciting to see the ideas that people are having. That's great. And as if folks are interested in signing up for Dubert, I assume they just go to dubert.com, right? Yeah, it can't be any easier than that, right? <laughs> yeah, you just go to dubert.com. There's a big, you know, I want to sign up on the homepage and the system will, it's all automated. So if you want to be a volunteer, you can choose how to be a volunteer. 
And if you're an organization, it'll ask for some information. It'll set up your organization. But yeah, they start there. And if they want to get a hold of me, they can just email me at chris at dubert.com. That's great. Chris, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? So I'm super excited personally to see what's going to happen next year. Um, We've come so far and, and now I feel like there's just this momentum. And I'm really excited to be a part of it. I'm really excited that people are finding new and innovative ways to use technology. And that's that's what it's all about. And I would just encourage people, even if you only have an hour a week or an hour a month, there's something that you can do in, in this space. And regardless of what your background is, your skills, there's a way for you to get involved. And we welcome you if you're interested in helping animals and people. Great. Chris, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. And I'm sure we will. Sounds great. Thanks, Stacey. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think, and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats. Did you join us for Diversity Day or Fundraising Day? We'd like to take this opportunity to shout out some of our sponsors who made these online educational opportunities possible. Vets Pets. Find out how Vets Pets is keeping happiness in motion at VetsPets.com. That's V-E-T-Z-P-E-T-Z dot com. And Humane Network. Learn more about their consulting services and certificate programs at HumaneNetwork.org. If you or your organization is interested in sponsoring the podcast or an online event like the upcoming online cat conference or online kitten conference, email stacy at communitycatspodcast.com for details.